sexy nerds of the nerd imperium welcome to this week's episode of the currently nerdy podcast we are your inner conclave of nerdum my name is diz and i'm your pop culture and sports nerd ali i am only your classic nerd man it's been um i i always feel like century. yeah i feel weird kind of saying like this week's episode of the currently nerdy podcast because you know this bi-weekly episode i'm gonna take full responsibility for it um actually i'm not i'm gonna blame everything on my fiance it's her fault <laughs> no no don't blame me it's all on you you're the I one know. who's got to manage it all yeah, time management man. is on you yeah bro it's in, it's been it's been hectic i'm sorry guys with the election and then there's been stuff at work um, last week definitely felt like a whole century long. it did bro i joked i joked because uh so historians always focus on one century right they have an uh-huh. area of speciality like i'm an 18th century historian i'm a 16th <laughs> century historian or whatnot uh, I'm a, I'm one of the rare ones where I have multiple centuries. Where I got work on the ninth and tenth century medieval history, and I mm-hmm. work on the modern nineteenth and twentieth. Right? I thought you do Victorian too. I never I never do Victorian. <laughs> just, you just threw Victorian out there for no reason. I, <laughs> oh no, you worked with people who did Victorian. Stuff. I know. I call I have colleagues that would do Victorian. That's what history. it was. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't work on any European history. Yes. Work you work during the Renaissance. So I I work on, on in two separate time periods, but most historians have one. And mm-hmm. what, what they do is that as their interest grows, they stretch the century out. So they mm-hmm. have these historians that talk about, I work on the long 19th century. <laughs> I work on the long 18th century, which is basically like them saying, I work on the 18th century, but then I, like, I add 50 years to it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a way of stretching it out. Fuckers. And I'm telling you, there's going to be some poor bastard. I was going to write their dissertation on the long Tuesday of 2020 Bro. because that thing lasted. It was two a weeks. Tuesday that lasted a week, man. I mean, more than that, right? What is it? Yeah, it's, it's coming on two weeks now. Technically two weeks, but I mean, we've got, we got the official results. No, we least. haven't. People are still fucking contesting shit. Yeah, I know, but the, the official first call happened yeah. a, a week ago. Yeah, last Saturday. Saturday. But it was one of those things where you're just like, my God, did that Tuesday last forever Forever, dude like so i woke up last saturday um after i I had saturday and sunday off so saturday uh one of my best friends came from virginia him and his wife came like they were you know they got married in june they did a zoom wedding and they finally had their honeymoon and they came here (laughs) um well like part like one part of their honeymoon they came here and california huh to southern california yeah, well, they they did like San Diego, L.A., and then they spent like a day in Orange County just to like hang out with me. Uh, they had a great time, but um, actually, no, they spent a few days in Orange in Orange County because they stayed at the Ritz over in Laguna Beach, and that's oh, they, that's a nice Ritz. Yeah, dude, they upped them to an ocean view. That was the like I came oh, to their yeah. hotel for sunset. It was beautiful, dude. It was like yeah, majestic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah those, uh, those, uh, those hotels there are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, they they're fucking resorts. They're not like yeah. even yeah. But so um, you want about Orange County? It's a, it's shit. But yeah. The beaches, man. Yeah. You can't beat the beaches. You can't beat you can't beat the beaches of Orange County because yeah. they're clean. Sure, they're sure nice. of like yeah. a Bahamas, yeah. or or Bora Bora, or like like something gorgeous. Like Orange SoCal County. beaches in general are pretty. Besides yeah. Venice, Venice yeah. is nasty. Venice and that one <laughs> San Diego beach, the one that's like dirty as fuck. Pacific Beach. Is it Pacific Beach? The one or where like Del Mar? the sand is like all all like you step in it and it's like it's black. I think it might be Del Mar. No, the San Diego one, not Del Mar. I know which one Del Mar. Right? No, that's Corona Del Mar. Is it Corona? Which one am I thinking of? Corona Del Mar is in beach Newport. that I hate. Yeah, Del Mar. There's like that you. Ferris wheel next to it. Oh yeah, that's it. That's that's Del Mar. Yeah. yeah, fuck that one. Yeah, um, I know all the things. Anyways, um, so yeah, since he got here last Saturday to now, I feel like a month has passed. 
Yeah, it, it has been a long... It's been last than a week, dude. surreally long. So for people who are listening 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. or who are listening for outside the United States, um, the United States just had its presidential election last yeah. Tuesday. But uh, one of the most contentious elections in modern American history, and one of the most stressful ones, right? Yeah, like, um, it's... So... But, 2016, uh, if you've been listening to us since we started, you guys may have witnessed our, uh, our 2016, what was it on? It was, we did it, we live streamed via Twitter, but it was Periscope. We Periscope. Yeah. Periscope was still a thing. We were on Periscope for the whole election, and you see us, like, the horror. As, uh, yeah, as the night progressed, because we started at like 6 p.m. and we didn't yeah. end until like 10 30. Yeah. And you see our faces. Like, at first, we're stressed out. Like, me and V are stressed out. And you're like, no, no, it's okay. The, the West Coast hasn't closed, but <laughs> like the polls are still open. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know, like, it looks like Trump has a lead, but, you know, like, the West Coast polls are going to come in and he's going to get California, mm-hmm. Oregon, Seattle. And then we have the blue wall, blah, 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 blah. Right. And like, you kept bringing up the blue wall. And then and we then, started to see the blue wall collapse. Yeah, we saw the blue little. wall collapse. And you see me, like, I'm literally pulling my hair out. Yeah. And you're sitting there, like, your face, like, your eyebrows are just in a constant, like, shock. V is just, like, you know, like, inside he's burning, but he just shows no fucking emotions because it's V. <laughs> yeah, it's one but, of those, uh, it was a moment where even the people who knew it was coming didn't, didn't yeah. want to believe Leave it. Yeah. it was going to happen. Like, there was always a part of me that thought it was very possible, but the optimistic side of me was like, no, no way. Yeah, yeah. No, he no. can't win. The numbers are against him, mm-hmm. right? And the reality is that, um, number-wise, it just spoke to the brokenness of our election. Just to, like, briefly jump ahead, if you will, the exact same electoral victory that Trump got is what Biden has now. Yeah. The exact same Scenarios. electoral numbers. Yeah. With a difference of millions of votes. votes. Yeah. Trump lost by millions of votes and ended up with 300 and something. Electoral, 306. 306 electoral votes. Biden is now winning by almost 5 million yeah. uh, popular vote. And he's also getting 306 electoral votes. So stupid. Votes. That's an example of how broken the American political system yeah. is and the American electoral college system yeah. is. So you've won- everyone who has been tuning into currently nerdy has seen our our coverage for the past four years. Yeah, what has been nothing short of the wildest, most surreal presidential politics of American history ever. Like this oh, is yeah. going to go down as just like unbelievable. Yeah, the unbelievable. most. This is the most divided our country has been since the Civil War and like right. Jim Crow, right? Which is weird to say because that's not that long ago. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> but, right. But yeah. It, it just goes to it speak how broken like, yeah. American politics is. And so, leading up to this, but at, election, but here's a, here's the caveat: with 2016, yeah. by like 10:30, we we knew the outcome. Hillary Clinton conceded. Yeah, well, she conceded the next morning. She conceded the next morning, but the election was called that night. Yeah. It was called that night. Um, there were still votes coming in pretty late, uh, mostly because the margin was so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Trump's margin was very small. We're talking about like 20,000 in one state. 10,000. 10,000 5,000. Yeah. Um, and so they, they called it late, and in the morning she conceded. 
um, or that night she she called and conceded and then did a formal concession the next morning. Yeah, but it was over. It was painful. It was over, and then the and then the nightmare began <laughs> for four years, yeah. and it led up to this particular moment in which we were watching uh, the most unique campaign we've ever seen. One in which you had one presidential presidential candidate who refused to acknowledge that we were in the middle of a pandemic, mm-hmm. and another who went to kind of extreme lengths to be careful, uh, not holding any sort of in-person rallies, doing things digitally, relying on a very unique form of ground game to get the vote out. So this has been surreal, and we've been watching, you know, debate after debate. We've been watching. Uh, campaign strategies we've been watching weird campaign ads it has been bizarre this is one of the things that people are going to be writing again about this campaign years later just because it was so unique and in the midst of it you had a guy who repeatedly built up expectations that you could not trust the election and this is donald trump you couldn't trust the election and you couldn't trust mail-in ballots, very clearly signaling that he was going to try to delegitimize it. But in the process, in the process of doing this, he convinced his voters not to rely on mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. This is, like, I, I, don't, I said this on Twitter, I never want to hear about Donald Trump's political genius ever fucking again. <laughs> He's just a spoiled, fat, rich dude who happens to be in a system that, you know, rewards spoiled rich dudes. That's, he got lucky. That's it. The system works for him. He's not some fucking mastermind playing 4D chess. He told his followers not to trust in mail-in votes, that it would not be accurate, and then absolutely got slaughtered because of mail-in votes. It's a pandemic. He told his voters not to trust in it. So all the Biden voters went, you know, we're going to be safe and we're going to do mail-in votes. And the mail-in votes absolutely swung the election in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Arizona, in Nevada, in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, and Michigan. You're sitting there going, this guy, like, he shot himself in the foot Mm -hmm. in the most obviously embarrassing way. I don't want to ever hear of Trump's genius again. He lost this election. He lost this election to the weakest Democratic candidate we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> he's I've been said this cam- before. He's been campaigning for four years. <laughs> yeah. I've said this before. I, 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 no, no shade at Biden, but Biden is not the strongest Democratic candidate that the Democrats yeah, have ever put forward. Fucking lukewarm at best. He's, he's, no one has a lot of ex- excitement around him. He's, he's likable. Without a doubt, he's likable. But, you know, there's nothing about it. Like, there's, if someone told me or asked me what was the reason people voted for Biden, I could not give you a valid reason. There's not a single policy. Could you name a single policy that Biden has put forth that you're genuinely excited about? Or hell, do you, do you even know? Um, what was a policy that he put forth before, before the election? There's some stuff coming out now that's cool, but before that, anything? Uh, I'm going to undo everything Trump did. <laughs> That's all that's it, right? Yeah. Right? So in other words, there's nothing really galvanizing people. He lost against Biden because, he, again, Biden won in spite of himself. He won because Trump was a disaster. Yeah. That's An absolute disaster. It's, it's so bad. And like, like I said, dude, Trump's been campaigning 
since he's won the election, he's been campaigning yeah, for yeah, 2020. Stop. Yeah. Like he's uh, no other president do I know of who just does random fucking rallies every yeah. other week, you know, like besides him, it's like, it's just a money making grab for him. Yeah. Like I feel like no other president has made more money on merchandise and shit like that as Trump has. Yeah. And hundred, like I don't, I don't think it's possible to like how many fucking MAGA hats and flags and Trump, like, that shit gets sold. No one buys fucking Biden shit. Like, I have zero Biden memorabilia. I have zero yeah. Obama memorabilia. Right. Right. Zero Hillary Clinton memorabilia. Because I don't fucking buy political shit. I don't have any AOC memorabilia. Or right. I have a Bernie pendant. But that's because I donated to the campaign and they sent that shit to me. You know? Right. Uh, but it's... The sad thing is, is this, man. Right? He lost. Right? Yeah. We all know that he lost. Mail-in ballots have been a thing forever right for as long as i could remember mail-in ballots have been a thing um all of a sudden now mail-in ballots are fraudulent like yeah you know how this is this is a it's a common tactic yeah he's done it he did it he did it in iowa he did it in the iowa caucus when he he lost to ted cruz he he said it was rigged (laughs) he's been claiming things have been rigged for ages he claimed but the the thing is that those mail-in ballots hurt him and hurt him bad they did, but, but and and many people warned. Political scientists warned that on election night there was going to be what's known as this red mirage. That it's going to look like Trump is ahead because he's going to be most of his voters are going to show up in, in person. person. But as the mail-in ballots come in, the mirage will fade, and so he seemed up at first. The only places where the polls were kind of off were Florida, where mm-hmm. he did end up winning, and Texas where he also ended up winning, though it was a lot closer Didn't uh, thought, than he yeah. hoped for. Yeah, But again, the, the Democrats didn't win Texas, even though they thought they were going to run, run the gamut here. I didn't think they that. were. I didn't think they were going to win Texas. I didn't Texas. think either. Texas has always been a... It's always been purple for a long time, but it's always one of the... Like, just out of reach. It's like it's going to need, like, another 10 years before you really flip. You know, five... May, maybe next time, but I, I actually think probably around 10 years so where it'll be full, fully, fully competitive. We'll still shoot for it. Democrats will still shoot for it in four years, right? It's just mm-hmm. the thing to do. The demographics are changing. You want to activate that sunshine belt. But then the mail-in ballots started to come in. And so that after the first night, things got really, really close. And then the second night, things got even closer. And then by the third night, we were starting to see the second night, we were starting to see things flip in the blue wall, right? Yeah. So the rust belt started to turn. And Michigan and um, Minnesota and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, and uh, Wisconsin were starting to really, like, okay, something's going on here. And then it started to tighten up in uh, Pennsylvania. And that first night when they called, Fox News called Arizona for Biden, it was considered an early call because there was still a lot of votes out. And so people were nervous about that, that maybe Fox News got it wrong. And so... The media also milked it a little bit, held back because they were nervous to be the first person to call it. And it was because of that Arizona vote that if they called any of the other states for Biden, then that would put Biden over 270. And that Mm -hmm. was it. And they weren't sure about Arizona, so it was very soft. But by around Thursday or Friday, it became very clear Biden was going to win this thing. Not only was he going to win this thing, but he was going to win Georgia. He was going to win Pennsylvania going to win Arizona, and he was going to win Michigan and Wisconsin. And Nevada. And Nevada. Nevada was always, I don't know why they were so hesitant about Nevada. Nevada is, Harry Reid created an amazing political machine out in 
Nevada makes voting very easy. It's going to go blue. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, we end, what we end up seeing by Friday, uh, Friday, Saturday, it's technically Saturday at this point, mm-hmm. is the votes are now just too, the margins are just too big for Trump to overcome. The mail-in ballots are coming in one by one by one, and they're counting painstakingly slow, releasing them in batches, 10,000 batches from this county, 20,000 batches from this county. And they're, they're ending up adding up to uh, Biden's lead. And Friday, it just, the, dumb, the, the Saturday, the dominoes just started to tumble. They called Pennsylvania, they called Georgia, and it was clear. Biden is the winner. He's got, he's got 270-something votes. It is, it's done. Even after that, there was clear that there was still voting and counting to be had. And so the uh, margins grew and grew. Meanwhile, Arizona and Georgia were still so close that with the exception of, say, Fox News and the decision desk, most other places hadn't called those two. Mm-hmm. And they ended up just calling them this week. Just yeah. this week as we're recording. Like today. Finally, Georgia's like formally for Biden, even though it's technically in recount territory. Yeah. Um, and even if it's recount and it won't change the votes by much, there's even if, let's say, some miracle happens and Trump wins Georgia, he still has lost. Yeah. He still has lost. So it's been one of those fascinating moments of world history where an election night stretched out first for a week and then for another week. Yeah. And throughout it all, we've been watching a grown man melt down. And not just a grown man, bro. I've seen it from all Trump supporters. We have refused to acknowledge that this... That he's lost, dude. But But that was the point. And I don't think people understand that. Is that he spent the past four years delegitimizing... Democracy. The press, democracy, facts... All these things, and he created an alternative ecosystem, an information ecosystem, in which any point of reality that could be agreed upon was lost. Mm-hmm. Terrible. I mean, you could be politically on completely different spectrums, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a point in which you acknowledge certain realities. He had managed to unpin his followers from the, that commonality unpin them to such a degree that they would not accept the things that were right in front of them and instead look for alternative, quote-unquote alternative, explanations that help to maintain their worldview. He spent four years doing that. And the consequence of that is what we're seeing right now. That's the consequence, is that now you're dealing with enough people, millions of people, who simply cannot accept the fact that their candidate lost and lost and can I say, what a glorious loss it was. I know that people were frustrated by how long it lasted, but to a certain extent, I'm almost, I almost think it's fitting. Just knowing that he was up every night, watching, losing, city by city, county by county, state by state. I fucking love it. Just think about that. I love it. I saw him today. He's aged 10 years. He's yeah. aged 10 years. His hair is white. He's older he's he's exhausted he's miserable you can tell because he was sitting there watching as the very cities he shat on philadelphia right uh, st louis right 
Atlanta, all the cities that he talked shit on, came back. They finally gave him the fu. They gave him the yeah. And look, let's not uh, let's not discount the amount of work that came through from people of color uh, and you know um, indigenous people. Like Arizona, yeah, and, I mean yeah. Arizona's prime. The reason Arizona went the way that it was was the Navajo vote, and the Navajo vote was like they hated him so much it was like ninety nine percent. Yeah, like I don't the, think the only other demographic is is black women. It's like oh. no other demographic came remotely close to, to the, the rebuke, yeah. just outright rebuke of of Donald Trump. It right. was it was glorious. Shout so out to, pro- to Stacey Abrams. Yeah, I mean the ground game of Al- Al- in Alabama, Atlanta, just, Georgia, she, Atlanta, in Georgia. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always, I always think of Alabama because Alabama is ruby red, and it will. Uh, Doug Jones won it just two years ago, so it's always on my mind. But he lost right? it now. I know we, yeah. I, we lost it horribly. Though yeah. Doug Jones is probably going to become Attorney General or something like that, yeah. right? But I remember that was the first sign that things were not going to go well. Yeah. Was ruby red Alabama turning on him? Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, uh, the 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 gorgeous work that Stacey Abrams done, which is kind of phenomenal, because she lost, right, and she lost because of the suppression of the vote, mm-hmm. um, because of of Brian Kemp, and so rather than walk away from that, she reinvested it back into the community in registering people to vote. Eight hundred thousand new voters from Stacey phenomenal, Abrams. Phenomenal, phenomenal work there. Um, and that's that's the reality is that at the end of the day, Biden didn't win this. No, dude, this country was local saved by communities of did. Yeah, the people who got the vo- out the vote, the people who got people registered. What happened was that you had a coalition of people, people of color, black people, black women, indigenous voters. All Latino of these vote. people came to vote, even Muslim voters in the nor- in the Rust Belt, right? Yeah, I mean. Ilhan Omar's district, Rashida Tlaib's, right? Like, there's a... Philadelphia, the black Muslim vote in Philadelphia, right? So, like, we saw these communities come together in in a coalition, aligned together. They didn't always have the same interests. They don't always have the same goals. But they had one intention, and that was to make sure that Trump would be a one-term president, (laughs) whoever the Democratic nominee would be. And that's what they did. They Mm -hmm. successfully mobilized they brought the people together and i think like i said weeks ago biden won this in spite of himself right yeah he won because he was up against one of the most historically unpopular candidates in modern american history the youth vote was up every vote was up this was a huge turnout in the middle of a pandemic yeah now that said i'm gonna have to keep it 100 percent with you i'm gonna say it right now i'm gonna Ruin your high a little bit, Diz. I'm so sorry. Not high, bro. I gotta be the bearer of bad news. What's that? I'll tell you a couple things. First, I don't think Trump would have lost if it hadn't been for COVID. Uh, yeah, I agree. I th- I genuinely believe that if COVID, what didn't happen this year, if he, the way he handled the what it. if, I know we're playing the what if game. Yeah, right? but if COVID hadn't happened and he hadn't mismanaged it as bad as he did, uh-huh. I think he would have sailed on to re-election i think so too i really think he would have because here's the thing what was the number like the the number one reason people voted right when they was 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 the pandemic response yeah because here's here's the number that makes me nervous is after the pandemic the second big concern for people 
was the economy. Mm-hmm. And, pe- and he was winning in the economy. When people asked, who do you trust more in the economy to handle the economy? They said Trump, which is weird. Again, it just shows you how unmoored and uninformed most people are from reality, yeah. right? He's been miserable for the economy, but people trusted him more. And that has always been the determining factor in most elections. Yeah. Right? People don't care about anything else. But they the care econ- about that Their economy. pockets. So, yeah. You know, James Carville said it famously. It's the economy, stupid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that was his, his big win for the Clinton campaign in the 90s. Um, the other thing was that as horrible as he was, he expanded his vote in nearly every demographic. The only but, one he didn't expand his vote and lost votes in was white men. Yes, white men slightly, but he expanded his vote in white women. Yes, white women, yes. Uh, Latinos. And this was the scary part because yeah. for up until the lead up, people were saying that this was going to be the suburban revolt, that this was going to be the Karen revolt, that he had lost white women who voted overwhelmingly for him, 54% mm-hmm. in 2016. He expanded that. Yeah. So I never want to hear about white women as as women. allies to people of color or other minority groups. I never want to hear it again. I'm well, done. yeah. But that's also alarming because if he can expand his, if the white women saw him separate families at the border, saw him put children in concentration camps, saw him mismanage the COVID situation, saw him say horrific racist things, repeatedly unleash the violence of the state against communities of color, saw mm-hmm. all of that over the past four years and still voted for him, then there was a very strong chance that if it wasn't for COVID, this man would have been a two-term president. Well, I have a theory as to why white women voted more for him this time than last time. I think, remember how like back in like 2016 and around that time, white, straight white males felt like they were under attack in America? Mm-hmm. I feel like now it's straight white women who feel like they're under attack in America because, you know, the whole Karen thing, white women are getting, getting it's caught. Possible. It's there. possible. There yeah. is a, there's some interesting, and we should get Nora to come on and talk about this. Cause, oh, shit. Totally dropped my mic. Um, <laughs> did y'all hear that? In the, oh, yeah. The dude, it's a fucking stand. It should be on your desk. What the hell are you holding this thing? <laughs> no, I, I keep, I fiddle with it. And so it just, it's, it leaned over and it fell. It was off Fiddle my, with other things, bro. <laughs> It's a tendency, right? Diddle yourself. Don't fucking fiddle with the mic. That's gross, man. I'm not Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> that was a very niche media joke for people who's been following Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, dude uh, exposed himself on Zoom. Oops. <laughs> Definitely got fired. But the man was a creep for ages. Anyways, <laughs> what I was trying to say is we should get Nora on to talk about this because she knows more about uh, demographics uh, and, and specifically she's been in a very interesting area of, of political science because she doesn't just do surveys. Mm-hmm. Her area is in the uh, psychology of voters. Yeah. It's, it's so pretty, she just po- she does political psychology. It's really cool, right? Um, and one of the things that this found in political psychology is there's an argument that white women voters are inclined a little bit more as a demographic towards authoritarian figures. I like that shit. There's a... a sort daddy of a, issues. No, I wouldn't say daddy issues, but there's a certain... <laughs> Okay, okay, let's put it in more polit- a father complex type thing. <laughs> but the, the reason is that the authoritarian figure is, is rooted in the idea of the authoritarian family, uh-huh. right? Strong father figure, strong family values, even though, like, Trump, it's like family values. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. 
shut the fuck up, right? And Trump. But there is something to be said there. So maybe there's there that's one of the reasons why. But it still is alarming, right? That said, in addition to, to the fact that he expanded his vote to, to white women, he also expanded his vote from 2016. We're talking about millions and millions of people have voted for him. He has had he received more votes than any Republican ever has ever received. Mm-hmm. That is huge. I don't care that people say we're more partisan than we've ever been before. There should be some things that aren't partisan. Yeah. There should be some things that you can go, yeah, that's not a matter of politics. That's just a matter of that's really fucked up. And so I am like, okay, great. Trump has been defeated. But there's a part of me that is very, very much looking at this and going, there's no way of unringing this bell. There's yeah. no way of go pretending white liberals will go to brunch on January 21st, mm-hmm. right? And they'll hashtag resistance. They'll stop worrying come February. Yeah. That said, I'm sure they're fine. For the rest of us, I don't think I see a way fully out of this. No. There's no way to pretend normalcy will return. And on one end, that's good. Hopefully a whole generation has woken up to the horrors of the fact that America is a white supremacist state, mm-hmm. that America is a capitalist hellscape, mm-hmm. that it is an empire, mm-hmm. and maybe that'll be a political awakening for people, a new form of consciousness, a new form of political movement. But it also means that you can recognize those things intellectually while still understanding that living through the horrors of a collapsing empire is not going to be pleasant. No. It's just not. How do you live with 70 million people who think that you don't deserve rights, who just think that you are inherently without value? Yeah, it's a. So I had this conversation today um, with one of my old coworkers. So she is a a a um, a queer Mexican child of immigrants, right? Yeah. Um. So she unfollowed a lot of our old coworkers, or unfriended a lot of our old coworkers from uh, Facebook who voted for Trump. And she came in today. And uh, so we were talking, and I was like, yeah, so you deleted this guy. And she's like, yeah, I just couldn't. And her reasoning was, like, so he's like, so she go, she asked him, she's like, you voted for Trump? Because I, I, I trolled him on Facebook, yeah. right? And then uh, she's you like. You were enjoying that for oh, a while. I was fucking trolling everybody, yeah. dude. Um, you were on your A game. I loved it. I had to, bro. Um, so then she, she was goes. pent up, in fairness. Yeah, it, was it was four was years built up yeah. of, like, aggression that I've been just waiting to get yeah. out on these people, yeah. man. So. She like her message to him was like, "Oh, I can't. You actually voted for this man?" And he's like, "Yeah, I had just like you had every right to vote for who you did. Like what? Well, like he kind of like got on a defensive, and she goes, "Well, it sucks because I did used to respect you as like a coworker and a colleague, but you know, if as a as a queer Latina child of immigrants, clearly you don't think that my life matters, and you would vote for this man." In spite of knowing like what he has done and like what he's done to our communities and what he's trying to do to my community, you know, on my communities, that you would still vote for this man shows that you don't value me as a person. And I can't be friends with someone who doesn't value me as a person. Yeah. No, it's fair. It's yeah. fair. I mean, and honestly, there's a reason you know there's a reason why America is so funky is because it's really one of the few states in which liberalism and democracy are put in on the same branch. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like these two are equally important. Democracy isn't is a unreliable political organization. Yeah. When the British imagined liberalism, right? When when we say liberalism, that is an idea of an, a set of enshrined rights, right? We'd call it the Bill of Rights. They had the Magna Carta. They imagined liberalism as a way of checking unchecked power of the monarchy. Mm-hmm. A co- they imagined a constitutional monarchy, but that's one of the that's where. They stopped. They said they never said we're going to vote on these rights. They never said we're going to have a. Yeah, James Madison democracy. just wrote them. Right. So the problem with the British were they did not trust democracy to protect people's rights. They didn't. That's why they were so hesitant. Parliamentary democracy was very hesitant in England because the idea was okay, you could vote on a variety of political things, but rights could not be voted on. Yeah. They had to be enshrined in law, untouchable to the whims of people. Because the idea was that if you vote on something, it goes one way one year and another way another year. Yeah. And so they, there was an, a, this very clear idea that liberalism trumped democracy in Great Britain. Hmm. That the rights were always going to be more important than who was in political office. Which is why they have national health care. Why they have national health care. They have all these other things. Because yeah. the idea is that you cannot touch this stuff, right? Yeah. Liberalism itself, the kind of core concept of the state protecting people's rights was very important. And oddly enough, in a sort of weird twist of history, the aristocracy, which was always a sign of, of deep inequality, towards the end became the guardians of the liberalism. <laughs> they were a check against democracy. Right? Yeah. They were anti democratic. They were uh, superior, hierarchical, classist, elitist, all sorts of shit. Inbred aristocrats. Yep. But despite all of that, became guardians of the concept of liberalism that the king, neither parliament nor the king, could violate people's rights. And in a weird twist, we're even seeing that now. The House of Lords, even though it's no longer hereditary, It's the check against uh, the British government right now. They're the ones that just voted against Boris Johnson. It's just just one of those fascinating aspects. So American history is in some ways unique because American history is one of the few countries in which liberalism and democracy is fully married together. (laughs) This idea that democracy is a powerful enough institution that yes, you can you can you will vote on things like rights, and so yes, there is the liberal component of America, which is enshrined in the Bill of Rights and the, the Constitution, but then everything up is up else is up for grabs. Now, on one end, that's a unique experiment, right? And there's an element of trust that says we trust the people, we trust we the people, to ensure that rights are constantly expanded that every generation will work tirelessly to hand on to the generation after them a world in which the rights have been expanded, in which you are a little bit freer, a little bit more equal. That's the claim that Americans make. But the reality is that the way this is manifested is that the people get to choose who has rights and who doesn't. Now, we can pat ourselves on the back and say, look, we have the civil rights movement. We have women can vote. Black people can vote. Immigrants can vote. But here's what we never ask. Why did we allow 
a vote on those people's rights. That's insane. Yeah. If you think about it. You never that, think about it. You don't think of it that way, right? Yeah. How is American history taught about? We're taught as the expanding circle of rights, and every politician does this, right? Even Obama. The arc of the universe, the moral arc of the universe, bends towards justice, is what he said, right? If that's the case, then why did it give four years to Trump? Now you can say, oh, well, Biden won, and that's a course corrective, but that's not a course corrective. I don't believe so. Millions of people still voted for Trump. Look, you want a course corrective, you would have fucking put someone like AOC as president. (laughs) Or Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. This is what I'm saying, right? This, this, This story we tell ourselves, that every generation leaves the world a little freer, a little more equal to the generation after them, is just that. It's a story. Great. It sounds great. But at the end of the day, we are still voting on people's rights. Don't tell me that we've left the world a little bit freer when we allowed gay people to get married only within the past decade. Literally. It's Not been... centuries ago. The past decade, people. It's been six years. Yeah, we act, we act like it's been a thing. We just take things for granted, right? It's the same thing we do with Martin Luther King Jr. It's the same thing we do with the civil rights. We act as if we were always on the right side of history. Well, 60 we years weren't. ago. He got shot. And killed. He yeah. was assassinated and murdered. Yeah. And now we put a statue of him in D.C. as if we didn't villainize this man while he was alive. And people still villainize his children. Exactly. That we did not fight tooth and nail against giving equal rights to black Americans in this country. Oh, we're a country of free people. No, motherfucker. Within people's lifetimes, they didn't have equal rights. They don't to this day. The phrase Black Lives Matter is controversial. Why the fuck is it controversial? Because we have lived in a society that has told us that we get to choose what rights communities we have no connection to, think about that, Mm -hmm. communities we have no connection to, white people who don't grow up in the black community, who don't live in the black community, get to determine what rights black people get. (laughs) Straight people, (laughs) think about this, man. Straight people spend more time thinking about gay sex than gay people do. Men want to control women's it. bodies. They want to... People with no <laughs> reproductive, <laughs> reproductive systems like the vulva, the vagina, and ovaries get to determine what women's genital... Like, they get to regulate women's genitals. Think about that. What can I say to me, This man? is the system we've got, and we pretend that it's a good system. The idea that out of fucking collective insanity... We're going to produce equality? Yeah, it makes no, be fucking no fucking sense. It took a Supreme Court decision to finally say, okay, gay people can get married. And people still fight it. And still, people still fight I'm it. I'm not fighting that Alito, goddamn marriage certificate. Jesus Justice doesn't believe Alito in it. Justice Alito just came out with a video talking about the rights of people to be homophobic. Yeah. Right? We're still talking about trans people as if they're not people. All right. People are actually out there talking about the rights of trans people. You ha- it, again, it makes zero zilch, not an impact on your life, cis person. 
Not yeah. a single uh, like same thing with straight people, right? The whole of the sanctity of marriage. How has marriage become less sanctified in the six years that gay marriage has been passed? Go ahead, tell me. Give me one example of well, marriage being less sanctified. I now have to tell my kids about Steve and Bob from down the street. Right? Right? This is the system we've got, man. I don't know. And I, maybe it's unpatriotic of me. There's a part of me that goes, there's something fucking wrong Fuck patriotism, dude. Patriotism is bullshit. There's something funky about this system. I'm not very, I'm not, let's, let me put it this way. Despite Biden winning and Trump losing, I am more skeptical of democracy today than I was 10 years ago. I don't blame you. You fucking studied I, more how now. How do you explain that to somebody? That we're all going to get together and we're going to vote on whether people have rights or not. We're sitting here going, deciding whether people, think about this, people who cross our border have rights or not. Right. That someone's value changes because they were born when they cross else. an invisible line. They look How different. do I explain that? Yeah. I can't. I cannot. I'm a smart guy. I got a PhD disc. Yeah. I cannot explain it. I'm an idiot and I can't explain it. Why is someone's value changes? Whether they were born on one side of an invisible line versus the other side of an invisible line. It makes no it's an invisible sense. line, Diz. Yeah. If you were to t- take that map and tell people draw, draw out the, the border between Mexico and America, most people couldn't tell you the border. They couldn't no. figure it out. But because someone was born by complete and total accident of birth on the other side of a line, that means they're entitled to less rights than I am, who was born in the United States. Makes no fucking sense. And all of that hinges upon what? Whether we vote for the right dude or not. Bro. Look, man. <laughs> Shite. I got a, I got a compliment. This, or I took it as a compliment. One of my, uh, one of my conservative friends he uh, he goes, hey, I'm no longer gonna call you a liberal, and I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you're not a liberal, dude. You're a fucking leftist. And I was like, thank you. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I mean, you're you're not in the least bit moderate. And I'm like, no. He's like, yeah. so he's like, you're a total leftist. He's like, that's cool, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> well, I just want I want to point out the fact that this man thought a liberal was an insult. No, no, no. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't say, say liberal as an insult. He said that I am more but left than liberals. But, but conservatives do think liberals an insult. Well, he doesn't. They do, though. Yeah, they most, like, you know, a, a lot of them do. He, right. does. he considers himself a, a more liberal conservative. Whatever that means. Yeah, he said he's a millennial conservative. What's a conservative? I've never understood conservatism. The absolute for, for him? Th- yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you, and I can understand, like, I disagree with him. Is it about abortion? Yeah. I disagree with him, but I understand it. I understand his point of view, right? I understand why he believes the way he does. He's more fiscally conservative. He's There's very- no such thing. The fiscal conservative just means, you, you know, you think you don't want to pay taxes because you think you're rich. You know, he's he not. works with you. Yeah. He's not rich. No, he, doesn't, he doesn't work with me uh, anymore. But yeah, he, he's not rich. His family is. He's not. Um, but uh, it's the biggest thing for him, though, is abortion, right? And it's for him. He okay. Don't he, get an abortion. He yeah. He believes abortion is is murder. He doesn't have ovaries. He doesn't I get to decide. I understand that. But that's just this is exactly what I'm talking about, bro. From from his religious point of view, he believes that it's it's like murder. 
so he won't vote for like a democrat this year he's a republican but did not vote for trump too i believe that everyone should have to shave their head that doesn't mean I get to enforce my will upon everyone. He, who he's has not. Hair. He doesn't. He doesn't want to enforce his will. It just that's how he votes. I don't understand conservatism. The absolute, complete, and total fear of the world around you to such a degree that you want to freeze time, or reverse, reverse it. You know, I, 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 just mind-bogglingly weird to me. I guess. You can I make know. an argument about leftism, liberalism. You can make an argument about a variety of things. But the whole basis of a conservative political view is that you want to freeze time, the world. Freeze the fucking world exactly as it is. Or reverse it to some type of imaginary past that never existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making America great again. It falls apart the basis yeah. of basic scrutiny. Here's a guy who, you know, he's against abortion. Great. Don't have an abortion. Yeah. I mean, it, it, look, I, I, on the basis of I that, disagree gonna, with you're going to vote in people that are going to cut funding for schools. You're going to vote in people that are going to put immigrant children in concentration camps. On the basis of that, you're going to vote for people who are going to take away the personal right of every single woman to make that decision. But for he, herself. but the thing is, is he didn't vote for Donald Trump. Okay. I, I'm not saying him. Yeah. He has become a symbol. Oh. Yeah. Of conservatives for me. Yeah. He wrote himself in. <laughs> He's like, fuck it, I'm not voting. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for a Democrat, but I sure as hell am not going to vote for Trump. I'll vote my, I'll, I write myself in. Good Lord. Yeah, I wrote myself in for uh, Laguna Niguel City Council. Did I tell you that? Did you really? I wrote myself in. I wrote myself in on my mom's ballot and my brother's ballot. Did, did you not know? Uh... No, I knew. We, there was only two Democrats running, and there's three vo- you have three votes. So I wasn't going to vote for a Republican. So I wrote myself in. There was a particularly bad Republican running in Aliso Viejo back in 2016, whose entire platform was uh, to stop the liberal agenda. Oh, they did the same thing, and that's why the two Democrats in Laguna Niguel did not win, because the 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 Aliso Niguel Republicans Club kept putting like they put like these they put weird terrible pictures of the two people, Good and Lord. they and they were like stop the liberal agenda. Harley, no. Harley Ruda lost too. Harley Ruda lost to Michelle Steele because Harley Ruda did a terrible job campaigning. Yeah, uh, he did a really bad yeah. job. Yeah, Harley Ruda surprising. Did, yeah, he did a terrible job campaigning. He's the only seat that they flipped in Orange County. Yeah, even Orange County still went blue. Yeah, even Katie uh, Hill's like former no, Katie, seat. People fucking love Katie Hill. No, they love Katie Porter. Katie, oh, Hill, Katie Porter. I'm yeah. sorry. Katie Porter is doing amazing. I thought she would be. So here's what I'm shocked at is I'm shocked that Katie Porter is not on the short list of replacing Kamala Harris for senator. I think they're they're worried about the the seat. Oh well, I think they're gonna give it to like uh, De Leon or whatever the guy who ran against um, Feinstein in 2016, and he he did well relatively against her, but he ended up losing because everyone fucking knows Feinstein. Um, but she should be retiring soon, and I think maybe Porter will go after her seat. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because Kamala Harris took Barbara back, Barbara Boxer's seat, and then, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Katie Porter is amazing. Porter. She's, she's, she's one of the UCI best. Con- yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. And Orange County still seems to be pretty dull, solid, blue at this point in time. Surprising. That said, California did bring in 
quite a bit of Republicans. We did. Daryl Issa won again. Daryl Issa won. Yeah, against Amar Kampan Najar. Yeah, that was that was bad. I mean, especially considering that Daryl Issa basically quit. Yeah. A few years ago, mm-hmm. there's a phenomenal video of him hiding on the rooftop. <laughs> remember that? No, I don't. I remember him quitting. I don't remember him hiding. He, he hid from his constituents on the rooftop. Oh shit. Well, he went to a different district. He did go to a different district. Yeah, he went to a different district. He wasn't in the same district. Yeah, he went to a completely different district, but won again. Jesus. I mean, the district that he was going in was like the Poway district or whatever, the one that's like super racist in San Diego. Yeah. It was Duncan Duncan Hunter's spot. It's Hunter's, yeah, it's Hunter's spot. Yeah. I mean, uh, Amar has now lost uh, to fucking... Duncan Hunter Hunter and Daryl Issa. Stop running, bro. You suck. Yeah, dude should not show his face in public ever again. Yeah, you're just, you're just, you're a terrible candidate. And the, the, they picked up seats in the house, even though the house is still in Democrat hands. They did pick up some seats. Yeah, dude, all this fucking talk about like fraud in the elections. You would think that, like, okay, hey, there's fraud in the elections. Let's let's take the Senate and the House too while we're yeah, at but it. You you can't you can't expect uh, integrity and honesty and consistency from Republicans. It's like let's be real. Can't say what you want about Democrats. Pieces of shit in my mind, right? <laughs> but the, the hypocrisy of Republicans is like a whole other level. Another level. It's almost comic book level. Yeah. It's like too surreal to actually believe. And now we're now facing the fact that there's going to be runoffs in Georgia. Oh, yeah. So the Senate is either going to be a Republican Senate or it'll be a Senate that'll be evenly spit, split, which will make it a Democrat Senate with the tiebreaker. Tiebreaker, yeah. yeah. So we're, like I said, we're not out of the woods yet. Not yet. And I have a sneaking suspicion that things are going to get weird. It's going to be as sh- if they're not shady bees coming up. Bro. Some shady, shady fucking business is ahead of us. Yeah, I don't know how you can put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Mm. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Is that I, take a deep breath, everyone? You, d- everyone deserves a little bit of relief. Mm-hmm. Feel good. Take the weight off your chest, or whatever it is. Right. Take the weight off your shoulders. Whatever. Yeah. Weight thing. off your shoulders. Should weight off your shoulders. Great, it feels great. He's lost. Yeah, it's great, great. And then get knuckle down, hunker down, get ready. Things are going to get funky. Yes. Inshallah, they won't. <laughs> Inshallah, they won't. <laughs> he says it my favorite way. <laughs> it's the whitest possible way you could possibly when? say it. Inshallah? Inshallah. Uh, you know when he first said it, I thought he said in July. Yeah. What the fuck is in July? Yeah. What does he mean by that? And then so I was like, he said inshallah. And I'm like, what? That's how you say it's it. not the worst inshallah I've ever heard in my life. I've heard it, I've heard it butchered before, but not like that. Uh, the malarkey in the way he said Fucking it. King Biden is back. <laughs> We're gonna have four years of just unmitigated. Yeah, maybe, bro. He might die. And we'll have gosh. we'll have President Kamala. Good God, Joe Biden. Kamala, son of a bitch. He's back again. <laughs> ah, we gotta deal with this shit, bro. I love America's it. America's a America's a failed like, fucking state. Like I'm like out here. Like I'm not celebrating that Biden won, bro. I'm celebrating that Trump between lost. A, between a D-list celebrity and Joe Biden. God, <laughs> riding with Joe. 
Riding with Biden. Riding with Biden. Son of a bitch. Biden. <laughs> All right, Diz, take us out. Uh, you can spew your hate at us at Facebook, facebook.com slash currently nerdy. You can troll us with your Russian bots at Twitter, uh, at currently nerdy on Twitter. You can send us um, bad memes on Instagram at currently nerdy. We're on Tumblr. Do whatever the fuck is. Tumblr's still a thing. If it is, we're know. on there. Currently nerdy.tumblr.com. Uh, we're on Stitcher. Google Play in the iTunes podcast app. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Um, and if you've already done all those, great, great. You know, be pilot for currently nerdy and save us and protect us from India and make your friends subscribe to us and listen to us. You've lost your fucking mind. You haven't seen that the meme of the the I've Pakistani seen, lady. Great, great. Yeah, Pakistan yeah. Zindabad. Give my whole life. Yeah. Pakistan <laughs> we're terrible anyways uh, make your friends subscribe to us and listen to us if you want to get a hold of us individually you can Ali how can I get a hold of you you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at A-A-O-L-O-M-I or on my our sister podcast Ed on History Diz you could find me everywhere at Dizbulla D-I-Z-B-U-L-L-A-H and if you got the new Xbox Series X or S and you want to get that ass whooped in 2K at Dizbulla on there too, bro. I'm a glass cleaning finisher. I made my guy like super tall and like can dunk and shit at least. So it's, uh, you know, living my fantasies. For everyone here at Currently Nerdy, thank you for tuning in. And remember, stay smart, sexy nerds. All hail the Currently Nerdy Empire. <laughs>